Hello, and welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, president of Borealis. And this is episode number 21 of this series, which I'm putting out periodically as shorter podcasts to deal with issues that are current or of interest from a violent extremism and terrorism perspective. And I want to start today's episode by asking a question of my listeners. It's a very simple question. Have you ever witnessed an act of terrorism? I'd really curious to hear from you if, in fact, you have, whether you've actually seen something happen, either up close or from a distance, if you have been, you found yourself where an act of terrorism has actually taken place, and God forbid where you've actually been injured in one. Because from my perspective, I have been tantalizingly close to three acts of terrorism, two in Canada and one in France, in my career as an intelligence analyst with the Canadian government. You may recall that on several occasions I've talked about the fact that I was in Paris, in France, in November of 2015 with my daughter Erin. We had just finished a long trip through Normandy, visiting the sites of World War I and World War II where Canadians had fought and died. And we got on a plane to come back to Ottawa and we no, no sooner had we touched down in, in Toronto that evening when my daughter opened her phone and said, Oh my God, Dad, there was a terrorist attack in Paris. In other words, we had left Paris mere hours before the Bataclan Theatre and Stade de France tax, which killed well over 100 people, carried out by people inspired by Islamic State. The other two occasions in which I found myself very close to an act of terrorism, both occurred in Ottawa, and somewhat surprisingly, they are both attributable to the same group of terrorists, or rather, terrorists who belong to the same terrorist movement. What I'm referring to here are two attacks in the nation's capital, perpetrated by individuals who belong to Armenian terrorist groups, Armenian extremist groups. The first one took place in August of 1982. August 27th actually was the date. And I will call this forever because I was driving back from Ottawa to my hometown of London, Ontario, when I was stopped at a police roadblock on Highway 417, just west of, of the downtown core, by the RCMP, who were checking all cars leaving the area. It turned out that earlier on this that morning, the Turkish military attaché, a man called Atala Altikat, was sitting at a stoplight on the corner of the Sir Johnny McDonald Parkway and Island Park Drive, a very idyllic part of Ottawa, right beside the Ottawa River, when a car stopped, a man got out and put nine shots into him, including shots into his head, killing him instantly, and then and then drove off, and has never actually been found. And to the best of my knowledge, I'm not sure an actual claim was made, but the assumption is that because he was a Turkish diplomat, that it in fact was Armenian extremists who had killed him. I'll get back to that in a second. The other attack took place not quite three years later, in March of, of 1985, when men stormed the Turkish embassy in the diplomatic quarter of Ottawa. They shot a 31-year-old University of Ottawa student called Claude Brunel, who was acting as a security guard, killing him, and then occupied the embassy. The, the Turkish ambassador saved his life by jumping out of a window. They didn't kill anybody else, and eventually police were able to end the siege, and several men were, three men were, were tried and found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to 25 years in prison, actually life in prison, with no parole before 25 years. All three of the men were released in 2010 and are believed to have gone back to Armenia. 
Those three perpetrators did make a claim, and they made a claim in the name of the Armenian Revolutionary Army, or ARA. And the fact that they, they attacked the Turkish embassy is linked to the Armenian genocide of 1915-1916, where the then-Turkish government, sort of the last vestiges of the Ottoman Empire, tried to eliminate Armenians from Turkey. And there's a lot of accounts about that. The, the Turks claim it didn't happen. The Armenians claim it did. Anyway, it, this becomes a he-said-she-said he said story. At the time when the attack took place on the Turkish embassy in Ottawa, I was working for CSE, Communications Security Establishment, which is Canada's Signals Intelligence Organization, and we were following the events very, very closely on the news. We didn't have a lot to do with it, but nevertheless, it was very interesting. Why am I talking about this in this particular podcast? Well, the genesis of this actually came from an article I read on the weekend. This is this recording date is the third of the second of March, two thousand and twenty. And it's an article on a website that I subscribe to called Eon. So that's A-E-O-N dot co. It's a website that features largely articles on philosophy. But the one that I read this weekend was all about Armenian revolutionaries in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And as it turns out, the revolutions that took place in Russia at the end of the Ottoman Empire, as I've already alluded to, and Iran in the 1906 Constitutional Revolution all had significant participation by Armenians. And they are often seen as the thought leaders at the time. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but simply to point out a couple things here. First and foremost, in the early 1980s, we had a significant problem with Armenian terrorism in Canada. We had the two attacks that I alluded to in 82 and 85. And we also had Armenian support for terrorist attacks outside of Canada. They were raising funds here in the country. And that's a scourge or a threat that seems to have more or less gone away. And I would argue that one of the reasons why it's gone away is that, in fact, Armenia is now a separate nation. In the dissolution of the Soviet Union in the late 1980s, of course, Armenia became independent. However, the outstanding dispute over the Armenian genocide in 1950-1916 has not gone away. And so you could predict that, in fact, you would see more attacks by Armenian extremists in the years to come. But I guess the most the more important aspect of this particular podcast is the fact that as somebody who worked in counterterrorism for the better part of 15 years with, with CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, and as somebody who has written five books on terrorism since my retirement from the Canadian Civil Service, I have blogged thousands of times about terrorism. I've issued dozens and dozens of podcasts on terrorism and violent extremism. I've given thousands of interviews to Canadian international media on the topic. I do find it interesting when I think back to what is my actual experience with the phenomenon. So as I said, I was in Ottawa on two occasions when these Armenian terrorist attacks took place. I had just left Paris, France before the 2015 attacks in November of that year. I was not in Ottawa when Michael Zahapi Bose stormed Parliament on October 22nd, 2014. I was briefing police forces in Toronto and in Picton, which is a small city just east of Toronto. And it was kind of ironic at the time. I remember getting an update from a dear friend of mine who was the RCMP about what was happening in Ottawa on that morning when Michael Zahabibo first went to the National Cenotaph and killed Corporal Nathan Cirillo, who was performing honor guard with a colleague at the Cenotaph, and then got in his car and then tried to breach the security at Parliament Hill and got as far as the center block foyer before he was gunned down by parliamentary security. And I remember saying to myself, here's a phenomenon I've been studying, analyzing, writing about 
for the better part of 15 years. And when something happens two blocks away from where I was working at the time, I was at Public Safety Canada in the National Security Director as a policy, senior policy advisor. I was several hundred kilometers away and it just felt like I was in the wrong place at the wrong time for something that I had some contribution to or some, some knowledge of. But I guess at the end of the day, no one wants to be close to a terrorist attack. Nobody wants to be in the room, in a building, in a market, in a bus station when terrorists decide to, to, to strike. We all know that unfortunately, many people are in the wrong place at the wrong time. When people come in with bombs or great grenades or firearms or knives or anything else that terrorists like to use, vans or cars or other vehicles, and they find themselves unfortunately victims of acts of terrorism. And, and my heart goes out to people who have suffered from acts of terrorism by being there. I suppose that as, as a terrorism analyst, I'm, I'm torn between not wanting to expose myself to physical harm, physical danger. I, I don't want to be the victim of a terrorist attack. I have a family that I still love very much. At the same time, I want to be as close as possible so I can understand better what just happened. Look at the information, look at the data, look at the evidence to gain a greater picture as to who is behind it and why, and how does this inform us in a broader sense as to what terrorism is. I suppose at the end of the day, I hope never to be in that situation. And again, my my heart does go out to all, anyone of my listeners who has had family or friends who have been victims of terrorist attacks. A dear friend of mine lost his mother in the Air India attack of July 1985, the single largest act of terrorism in history, pride in 9-11. And I cannot imagine what that feels like. That's it for podcast Quick Hits number 21. I'm curious whether you have experiences with, ter- with terrorism you'd like to share. You can reach me on Gmail, borealisrisk at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Borealis Saves, or you can reach me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. I'd also invite you to subscribe to all the content that is available on my website, www.borealisthreatenrisk.com. Simply go to the website, click on the subscribe button, fill in your information. You'll receive all the content that I put out in Today in Terrorism series, podcasts such as these, longer podcasts, other perspectives, other links to media. Love to hear what you think of the podcast, what you think of the blogs, and I'd like to hear other ideas you might have for topics that are of interest to you. Hope to hear from you. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.